what am I good at? What brings enjoyment? When do I find flow? When am I really enjoying my job? Those are moments, all those words are moments like when all of a sudden you got to the end of the day and you're like, whoa, man, that went fast. Well, that's an indication of flow, right? Or you're actually happy. That's an indication of happiness, right? (laughs) In some of those things. Stuck in your veterinary career and need help making change? My name is Steve O'Ely, and my mission is to help you take the next steps in your career so you can find more happiness and fulfillment in your job and your life. You're listening to Next Step Vet. Join us on our journey to a more enjoyable life. Chances are you've gone to veterinary school got a very respectable degree and job, and yet aren't satisfied in your current career. Something needs to change. I'm Steve O'Ely, host and creator of Next Step Vet. I reached my late 20s, having graduated as a vet and landing a dream job on paper, and yet found myself unhappy. And I wasn't the only one. I noticed so many friends and colleagues having similar doubts about their veterinary careers. I got curious. How do we as clinical vets find meaningful work while still paying the bills? In order to design a career that works for you, you need to identify your strengths. You probably have some idea what your strengths are but maybe find it hard to put into words or figure out exactly how you can use your strengths to find a perfect job. There is a proven assessment by Gallup to help you. Based on years of research and completed by over 30 million people, the Clifton Strengths Assessment is a game changer for helping you hone in on your unique strengths. This week, we're talking to Jim Collison and Sarah of Attery from Gallup. They talk about career strengths on an almost daily basis. You'll learn what the Clifton Strengths Assessment is and how it works, why you need to figure out exactly what's making you unhappy at work in order to make change through the lens of your manager, your organisation, or your job. And finally, how discovering your strengths will transform your career. And I'll give you one simple achievable step you can do today to help you identify and implement your strengths. But before we do that, we're going to hear from an expert on the topic. Jim Collison is a community manager for Gallup supporting certified coaches who use Clifton Strengths on a daily basis. He's also the host of the Clifton Strengths podcast, so it's fair to say he's about as much of an expert on identifying and using your strengths in the workplace as anyone in the world. I join the conversation with Jim detailing what Clifton Strengths is. It's an assessment that any individual around the world can take. 
177 questions takes about 30 minutes. We've had 20, almost 28 million people take this now. And it's all questions about you. How do you handle certain things? They're paired in a way uh, to just try and get to figure out some talent. What kind of talent themes do you have? And we roll those talents up into these signature themes that we call signature themes. And these themes have names <laughs> like arranger or activator or woo, which is an interesting one these groupings of things you can kind of put a framework around to say, well, in my top five, the top five is the very basic reports, 20 bucks. So very inexpensive entry point to get in if you want to take it. That gives you these five signature themes for you to kind of figure out some things about yourself. Well, I have this woo, that means winning over others. It's an influencing theme. It's a sales theme. It means I like to influence people, right? And communication, which means I like to talk. Well, what job matches both influencing and talking? Podcasting, right? Yeah. And so I've landed in a role uh, full time in this. Now, by the way, that doesn't mean the best podcasters all have woo in communication, right? Yes. It's just working for me. That was a, some clues to my talent. One thing when I'm trying to explain to friends and other people what the um, strengths assessment is, because it's the thing I say to everybody if they're saying, oh, I don't really know what I want to do. I'm not really enjoying my job. One of the first things I always tell people to do is go and do a strengths finder assessment. But I always struggle to explain, for example, someone who's a builder, there's not a strength to say you're practical or you're good at hammering and nails or you're good at um, project management. It's more, how would you explain how the strengths have been grouped? Let's look at it first through the story I told in the beginning where we think about all the roles that I've done, right? And so... You know, I was a subject matter expert. Well, first I worked in retail, so I was sales, right? And then I did IT help desk support for a while, and then I built data warehouses for a while, and then I was a project manager for a while. All those roles take a certain set of talents, right? I was fairly successful in all of those roles, applying these talent themes. I didn't know during, in those days, I didn't always know why I was doing it. As a retail banker, I was really good because I have this high influence. Like I wanted to talk to people and sell them things, right? So that <laughs> that was something that that worked out very well. You know, I was doing data warehousing and it was very nerdy, very technical, right? My customer was our our marketing department. I mean, there, that doesn't that seems like no, that's almost too good to be true. But our marketing department sold things, and so I was giving data to our marketing department, who was doing marketing campaigns and having influencing. I really liked that. So having them as a partner was an area, right? It allowed me to kind of use some of these talents. So I didn't mean I wasn't good at any of those jobs. I was pretty good at them. The job I'm in right now fits really, really well. And so that, yeah, you'd kind of be like, well, that's a no brainer, right? That fits. So it doesn't always necessarily lock you in to say, oh no, you can't do those kinds of things. It just gives me some clues on like, okay, because I have these themes, Four of the five, you mentioned we group all 34 of these themes into four domains. So we, you know, we talk about strategic thinking, relationship building, influencing, and executing. Those are the four themes. Now, four of my top five are in influencing themes. So on the surface, I can start saying, well, okay, even if I'm in a role that isn't necessarily ideal for me, at least I think, if I can tell the folks around me, hey, listen, I'm a pretty good influencer. Like, put me in coach, put me in those places where I can have an influencing role, chances are you'll get better success out of me. Well, that increases my success odds, right? 
I call it house odds. You know, when you go to Vegas and you, you, the house has house odds, they always win, by the way. The house has the favor in this. So if I could have house odds in my own career, or at least maybe I don't get it right all the time, but more often than not, well, shoot, that's a lot better than betting against the house, right, in, in that. So that's, that's kind of how I see that kind of layout when, it, when we think about a career. So after you do the questionnaire online, you'll be shown your 34 strengths from number one to 34. These are grouped into four domains, executing, influencing, relationships, and strategic thinking. The report identifies your top strengths, how best they can be utilized, as well as giving you an idea which domain you're strongest in. If you come out high in executing traits, maybe you need to be in a leadership role. If you come out high in relationships, maybe you need to be in a role working with or helping people. The other thing I like about the Strengths Finder assessment is how solid the information is. Some of the assessments you get online are free, but you may as well read a horoscope. The Strengths Finder assessment is different. We do have a ton of research behind the work that we've done. We've had 28 million of these taken. We're constantly looking at it to say like, hey, are we getting this right? How accurate is this? So yeah, I, I like it from a tool standpoint. I like it from that aspect of it, right? So you get some reliability. Let's just, let's just call it that. Sarah of Atri is an executive leadership coach for Gallup. He is an ICF accredited coach who has used his experience with Clifton Strengths to help thousands of people redesign their careers. He shares the story behind Clifton Strengths and how it essentially acts as a mirror to see yourself more clearly. I'm a huge believer in opening your mind, unlocking that part of you that you've not discovered for yourself. Clifton Strengths essentially is a language of human understanding, Steve to understand how people think, how people feel, and how people behave. For people who are listening in who have not heard of Clifton Strengths before, well, uh, essentially, if you go back to the 1950s and 60s, at that point in time, the whole field of psychology was focused on what is wrong with people, psychosis, neurosis, all the diseases of the human mind. Uh, then there was this amazing genius, well, a gentleman called Dr. Donald O'Clifton, who is the father of Clifton Strengths and the grandfather of positive psychology. And at that point in time, he wanted to study success. And if you think about the modern world, if you have to study success, you'll Google seven habits of successful people or books around, you know, biographies of successful leaders, what they've done really well in their life. But back in the 50s, there was no books, especially in the field of psychology, that talked about what is right with people. Uh, the whole field of psychology, as I said, is focused on what is wrong with people. So then Don Clifton took this on himself that, hey, let's go and find out what makes people successful. So then he went and interviewed 2 million people across 50 countries around the world. Really kind of you know, similar to what you're doing, asking them, hey, what do you do so well? You know, what did you struggle in? And how did you achieve success? So really unpacking their life stories. And what he was listening for was patterns in their behaviors, in their thinking, in their feeling, in their behaving. And then he captured all those patterns and think of it like he put them into a big swimming pool, a philosophical swimming pool. And then he said, your ability to work hard, having a checklist of things to do, having a stamina, these are different patterns in somebody's behavior. He took them from that pool and put them into a bucket. And he then devised a name for that bucket and he called it Achiever. 
So then similarly, he was able to group all these thousands of talents that he was able to identify in human behaviors, and he grouped them into 34 categories. And he gave them specific names. So think of it like a new language he devised to understand human nature, and he gave each category a name. And then he devised a psychometric assessment, and based on those responses, it, it basically gives you a report. And what does that report capture? Is which category is where you lean on? Where does your most potential of success lie? So it arranges those 34 buckets in order of intensities with your most intense buckets at the top and the least intense buckets at the bottom of the list there. So essentially that's what uh, a Clifton Strengths Assessment is. It's an understanding of where you have the potential to succeed. And if you invest your time doing that, you can really strengthen them and turn them into your strengths, those talents, those behaviors, those patterns. So it's a really good insight, a mirror into yourself. If you're not thriving in your current job, it might be really hard to identify your own career strengths. This is what the Strengths Finder Assessment will do for you. When I did the Strengths Finder Assessment, it wasn't necessarily some eye-opening revelation, but what it did was it helped me narrow down and focus what my core strengths were. I don't expect all the results will come as a complete surprise to you, but there's no doubt there will be some strengths you never even knew you possessed. It will also help you clarify which direction your career should be heading. Whether or not you choose to leave your current workplace, it will be a pointer to what specific strengths you should be using on a daily basis. At the time of doing the Strengths Finder assessment, I was working as a clinical veterinarian. My top three strengths were identified as futuristic thinking, strategic thinking, and communication. These are high influencing traits. So what do you think I did? I got a role in marketing for an animal health company. Was this my dream job? No, but it was a step in the right direction. The StrengthsFinder assessment is not going to magically give you a dream job overnight, but it will point your compass in a better direction. Not every guest on Next Step Vet is a clinical vet. Jim Collison works for Gallup in the corporate space, and he enjoys his job. I join him discussing how he uses Clifton's strengths on a daily basis. So I'm in the corporate space, right? And I don't necessarily want to leave the corporate space. I'm a corporate guy, right? But I can be what I like to call an entrepreneur on inside in the, you know, yes, which is exactly changing what you've done, things you? from the inside. Yeah. Making yes. my own thing happen. By the way, was that guaranteed? No. Were there huge risks in it? Absolutely. There were a couple times I thought they were going to be like, yeah, we've had enough of this. Like it's time for you to move on type deal. Right. And even, even today I have those moments I say things and I'm like, should I have really been that bold? What that allows me to do then is to start thinking about, okay, what am I good at? What brings enjoyment? When do I find flow? When am I really enjoying my job? Those are moments, all those words are moments like when all of a sudden you got to the end of the day and you're like, whoa, man, that went fast. Well, that's an indication of flow, right? Or you're actually happy. That's an indication of happiness, right? <laughs> In some of those things. And so I think we got to take a look back, regardless of whether we're doing our own gig or inside a corporate and say, what are some things that I've done in the past that I've had success at that I that have made me happy? And then layer this Clifton Strengths report over the top of it and see if 
you can give some names to it. Like, okay, let's apply the framework, which all it is, it's no magic, right? It's just a framework that of some things based on your answers that we can put into some words. Sure. That may answer some questions by itself, right? But if you're in the corporate space, that may give you some tools to help your manager with you. Listen, there's been many times, Steve, I've been in a conversation where somebody said, hey, can you do this? And sometimes I go, oh, yeah, I, I can knock that out of the park. The hard part is sometimes to say, you know, that's really not the best use of my talent. Now that's risky because you feel like, oh, now you're not a team player. But in teams that understand this, they'll realize, do I really, I, I really want to use the best tool for the job. And so if I'm, being, if I'm being honest with people, I'm like, look, I'm not good at follow-up. I just am not. So if you're going to put me in a role where there's going to be a lot of follow-up, there's going to be a lot of trouble. So I'm just, you know, <laughs> in teams that are open and honest, boy, that can have some, some real benefit. Yeah, and I feel like sitting down, if you, especially if it's a relatively small team, and if you're sitting down with your top five in front of each other, or just even the sort of full report, and having an open discussion about where your strengths lie, you'd probably find that everyone would have their area that could be a focus, and then you'd understand yeah. each other better and be able to work more effectively as a team. And on top of that, I would say that people will enjoy themselves more because everyone will be working to their strengths. In a nutshell, that's exactly what we're looking for, right, is to, to try and line that up. It doesn't happen overnight. So it takes time. It takes repeated conversations. Like you, a team needs to continually think about this. Like, hey, have we lined up properly? Are we all doing the right things? If we look at your top five, you've mentioned woo and communication. What are the other three? And can you sort of summarize what those are? Yeah. So I have, I'll, I'll list them in order. So I have a ranger, woo maximizer, communication, and activator, right? So a ranger, I have visualizations because I'm a visual guy. So I have a visualizations for them all. A ranger is just I can keep plates spinning, thousands of them all at the same time. Now, the backside, I don't have any detail on any of those. I just keep <laughs> things moving. I'm a firefighter, not a farmer, right? That I don't, I can't plant and wait. I don't have the patience. I want to go out every day and do something new, right? So that's how it's described in me. Woo, we already talked about winning over others. It's a influencing theme that I like to go out and get people to move. That's why I'm on your podcast, right? It's because I want to get people to move in a different direction. Maximizer is either a quality or quantity. I, I either I, I like to make things better or I like to do more of them. When I decided to run marathons, I couldn't run just one. I had to run five. I think that says it all. Right. That most people run one and check it off. Right. Okay. No, yeah, one's fine. Not enough. And I did Mount Evans where you run for up to a 14,000 foot peak. I couldn't just do one. I had to do all of them. Right. All of the things. Communication we talked about. I love to talk. The key to that is I, I learn and influence by talking. So I need to email. I'm terrible. I'm actually that's not a thing I like to do. If I'm having a conflict with somebody, I got to talk to them. If I want to get things done, I got to talk to him. I win talking. I don't win emailing, right? So communication, some people think, oh, all forms of communication. No, for me, it's really primarily the talking influence that works well for me. Sure. And then finally, I have activator. That fits in with the whole theme of things, a firefighter, not a farmer. I like to activate on things. Hey, we have an idea. Let's do it right now. Right yes. now? Yeah, let's do it right now. Yeah. Right. So those are my five. And, and to go back to your comment about communication in terms of how it looks for you, that's the other thing about the assessment is it's not completely black and white 
uh, and that it does break it down more in terms of specifically, you know, like my communication might look very different to what your communication is. Correct. I'm actually quite, uh, I quite like writing and putting things into words. So yeah. communication and that doesn't looks mean you're different right and me. I'm wrong or you're wrong and I'm right. It's just yes. the way it, the way it looks on me. When you get your top five, you get a report called the the Strengths Insight Report, and that's five some five thousand statements that we put together based on your rank order of all thirty four, and we give it to you in your top five. They're written like a paragraph, and so it gives you some of that takes the standard definition and blows it out a little bit because we know it. So it starts giving you some clues. Listen, is it the gospel truth about you? No. The key is that you spend time reading it, interacting with it, and then saying, because really you, you determine what your strengths are. They don't determine you. And when I looked at my top five strengths at the time, I was really going through a career dilemma in terms of what I want to do next. And I think within the assessment at, or the results, it shows some suggestions in terms of what kind of careers or jobs might be good for you. And so what I did was for my top five is I wrote all the key kind of career or areas that were suggested for that strength, repeated it for the top five, and then highlighted common themes and it started to paint a picture in my mind. It doesn't give you like a, a complete diagnosis, but it definitely gives you a good nudge in the right direction as to what you should be doing. Because I started to notice that there was, you know, like for example, I think journalism came up about three times. Mm -hmm. Teaching came up about three times. And there were a couple of others, I can't remember. Or maybe marketing and sales came up a few times as well. And so it started to paint a little bit of a picture of areas that could work to my strengths. Yeah, and it would give you some things to try. It would point you in a few directions to be like, hey, maybe I could try this or maybe I could try that, right? It just gives you some clues. And then you got to yes. go do at yes. that point. Then it's just like, okay, well, will it be? I think sometimes people get stuck like, I don't want to make the wrong career decision. <laughs> well, then they just float around. Like make a decision and determine yes. if you like it or not. If you don't like it, move on. I cannot emphasize this enough. The worst decision you can make for your veterinary career is to do nothing. If you're unhappy in your current job, any change is a step in the right direction. My suggestion? Do the Clifton Strengths Assessment. For the record, I get no financial incentive for recommending the Clifton Strengths Assessment. I just found it so useful in my own career development, I recommend it to everyone. Learn your top five strengths from the assessment and find a role that better utilizes your strengths. Even if it means adapting your role in your current job in the short term, you're not going to find your dream career overnight, but making change now is going to put you one step towards designing a career that works for you. You've now probably got a fair idea what the Clifton Strengths Assessment is. But how does identifying your strengths help? I join back with Saurav Atri. Making any change, that means you are changing your job that you're working in right now to choose a self-employment profession, entrepreneurship, solopreneurship, or you are even getting promoted from one role to another role, that's a change, or personal life change as well there. 
I see all these changes are journeys from the known to the unknown. And that for me is not as easy for people to embark on. And on that journey is a small bridge between the known to the unknown and then from the unknown to the known. People are very skeptical to go on this bridge from the known to unknown first because they're in the comfort zone. It's difficult for them to leave, even though they know that they're not fulfilled in the zone of knowingness right now. And their heart is telling them, their brain is in the move in that zone of unknown, but something is blocking that view. And that for them is called fear, fear of the unknown. And what connects that bridge is that bridge of self-awareness. So the answers for whether you should make that switch or not is not outside, it's inside. And that's what the importance of Clifton Strengths is. It's a window into your who you are, where you get your energies from, what your needs are. And while you try to open the window for yourself, but your own biases gets in the way for to see yourself. It's like this, right? It's that bridge is like the bridge of your nose. It's so close to you that it's so hard for you to see yourself unless you see a mirror, right? The coach is that mirror for you to see that bridge of your nose. That'll help yeah. you move from that zone of known to unknown. And then once you are landed in the zone of the new territory, to help them navigate that unknown, they need to have a support system. A coach provides a support system where they may not have the answers for you, but they have the right questions to help you unpack your answers. Because you're not in a, uh, well, most of them are not in a good zone mentally. Because unknown, they're already a little skeptical, what should I do now? Then when you're in that zone of skepticism, what happens in your brain, it starts releasing a lot of different chemicals cortisol that creates stress, you know, endorphins, dopamine, it's a whole mix of uh, a cocktail of emotions happening in your brain that sometimes clouds how you see the world around you in the moment. A job of yeah. a coach is to help you gain clarity. I would go as far as to say that even for people not keen to go as far as doing the whole coaching course, even just going online and doing the, the strengths-based assessment, Getting that information along with the sort of supportive material that comes with it just does open your eyes for a start. I personally just did the online assessment at first and I found that information really useful. Doing the coaching course was that additional thing to really hone in on how I can use my strengths better and I found it really useful but just doing the assessment itself I think that and alone is a great starting point for people looking to make a change. We've talked a lot about strengths in this episode. I asked Saurav what three tips he'd give to a working professional like you considering making change in your career. The first tip I would offer Steve is answering this question for themselves. What are they good at? that they can become the world's best in. Now, when I ask people this question for themselves, less than 10% of people are able to raise their hand to this question because we have not spent enough time thinking about ourselves from that perspective. If I ask you, what are you terrible at? What are your weaknesses? I bet you can rally across a whole list of things that you're terrible at, isn't it? Because it's human nature, right? We're so fixated at trying to find what's wrong with people and ourselves, we forget to find the goodness in us. So first start by answering this question, what is it that you're skilled in that you can become great at? I 100% agree with that question, but I think that a lot of people 
see that in terms of being the best in the world at it and they say well there's no way in hell I'm going to be the best in the world at this and they use that as an excuse not to actually ask themselves that question you don't need to be the best in the world at something you just need to be that sort of top one percent in that area and if it's something that you're skilled at and interested in chances are you've already narrowed yourself down into that small percentage of people that are going to be good in that area absolutely and you've sort of hit the nail on the head there so i say this you know excellence happens at the intersection of what people do best and what they enjoy doing so they have to answer this question what am i great at what have i got recognition for what i've seen glimpses of excellence for myself and then also what do i enjoy doing if those two things intersect you know you can achieve great successes on that on that space the second thing i would say is your ability to concentrate if you can build that ability for yourself, you can become masterful in anything that you seek to be. Uh, I say growth happens whoever and whatever you give attention to. The challenge is when you ask people, can you pay attention to this? Well, try it out. Try paying attention to something. Within five minutes, you'll start seeing your mind wandering off. Well, because we've trained our mind, thanks to the notification world, to look at a phone, to yes. do this, that. You can't pay attention yeah. to anything at all, right? That's a big challenge. Turns out Dale Carnegie, it's interesting, I was hearing this story, what made him so successful. Turns out somebody asked him, so what's the secret of your success? He said, I can concentrate on something for five minutes. That's all. I can have full concentration on something for five minutes. And when people try to do that, it's so difficult. Especially now, even with human beings, you know why relationships are struggling in the world right now? Because people can't pay attention to each other's needs and perspectives and behaviors. Third thing for me would be build your discipline to follow through because it's consistent behaviors that'll help you create a new habit for your brain. So to move that into your fast thinking brain, what I call the autopilot or the subconscious brain. Your brain moves into a autopilot behavior with good habits, success becomes a habit for you. Until then, you're training your brain to actually be a failure every day without even realizing it. Build discipline to follow through on good habits every day. A good activities that create success. One step forward, one step forward. So it's small incremental habitual behaviors that is actually helping you achieve success every day will help you create long-term success as well. You've heard them enough in books of atomic habits and many other things yeah. out there. But the way I want to reiterate this is this, it's about conscious application of your behaviors through discipline, conscious application. Everyone is familiar with the concept of how investing small amounts of money into shares every day will result in a big payout in retirement. It's the same for personal growth. Invest small amounts of time each and every day into your own personal growth. Even though you may not see the results in the days, weeks and months, it will pay off in the long term. We've had some advice from Saurav I now ask Jim what three pieces of advice he'd give to you considering making change in your career. First of all, ask yourself the question, what am I really unhappy about? I think that's key because there's a couple things. One, it can be the organization, right? Like I don't share the same values or the same priorities or the same ethics that this organization shares, right? So it could be the organization could be your manager, 
where you've got a bad manager who's who's not treating you well, right? That happens. We see that happen all the time. We yep. we know Gallup would say people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. That's that's a, a phrase I think we've we've said, we've added in. Seventy percent of a team's engagement is is solely based on the manager. So might be the organization, might be the manager, might just be the job, right? You just may not be in the right fit for what you're doing. And so if you're struggling in your role right now, those are the the three filters I would use to have an honest conversation with yourself to say, okay, what's the real problem here? What am I really discontent about? Give it some time, really figure some things out. Cause I think it's an important question to ask. Then I think once you have that, then you know what you need to do, or at least you have a direction to go from, you know, if it's the organization or the manager, you might need to look somewhere else, right? Sure. If it's the manager, maybe it can be inside the organization. If it's you, okay, well then we need to figure out some things to do about you. Can you reapply yourself to the current job that you have to make that better? Or just do you need to do something different? Does it need to be a variation of something that you're doing or does it need to be completely different? Just because you want to change jobs, it doesn't mean the, the job that you need is available out there, right? We also have yeah. to talk about availability. Depending on where you live, that job, that, that perfect job may not be there. You may need to move yeah. to do something different, right? So I think, I, I, I hope that gets to the, that fulfills the three things. But those are, as I think about it, that's the, that's the process I would go about if I was struggling. Understanding your strengths will transform your career. You might have some idea what your career strengths are, this assessment will make you more aware of your career's strengths and how you can use them. We finished this week's episode with Jim Collison summarizing what the strengths assessment does for him. It's kind of like having a coach that's watched you your whole life. And it, it can just open some doors. And, and let me reiterate it. It does not define you. You define you, right? It's just, a, it's, for us, it's our best it's our best guess at how you're built, right? But it gives you those house odds. And I'll take house odds any day of the week if I'm doing something. And so it just gives me the ability to have a little bit more information than I'd have before and, uh, and gives me a chance to be a better version of myself. That was Jim Collison and Saurav Atri from Gallup. You can find the Clifton Strengths Assessment at gallop.com forward slash Clifton Strengths. You can find out more about Jim at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Jim Collison. And you can find out more about Saurav at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Saurav Atri. It's all well and good knowing how to identify your career strengths. But how do you actually make change? In going through my own career struggles, I've developed a coaching program specifically for vets to help you design a career to work for you. Based on the work of career experts, along with my own experience in the veterinary industry. In each episode of the podcast, I'll share with you one simple achievable step to help you on your own career change journey. Your next step is identify your strengths. Next step accepted.
Google Clifton Strengths and complete the full Clifton Strengths assessment. Then, once you have your results, write down three types of work that you could do for each of your top five strengths. Highlight any common themes, and this might give you a clue as to the sort of work you could be doing. If you need further guidance, feel free to reach out to me, Steve, at nextstep.vet. So this week, identify your strengths. Next step accepted. That's it for this episode of Next Step Vet. Three tips from Saurav about designing a career that works for you. One, what is the one thing you've been recognized as excellent at, and what do you enjoy doing? Where these two things intersect, you will have found something you can be great at. Two, improve your concentration. Start by giving something your absolute and full concentration for five minutes. Three, build discipline through good habits. If you're serious about finding work that works for you, this means spending time every day working on your strengths. Make a routine where you spend 30 minutes each and every day working on your strengths until it becomes a habit. I'll summarize Jim's advice into one statement, more specific for vets. Ask, what are you unhappy about? Is it your manager? Is it the clinical company you work for? Or is it genuinely your job? Knowing the answer to this question will help you understand if you need a new manager, if you need to leave your clinic, or if you genuinely need to exit clinical practice. I'm host and creator Steve O'Ely. Thanks for tuning in to Next Step Vet. If you're feeling generous, please give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Your support is appreciated. In our next episode, we'll be talking about how to find work better suited to your strengths. If you're a veterinarian interested in taking the next steps in your career, designing a career that works for you, bringing you more joy and fulfillment, then go ahead and subscribe to Next Step Vet right here in your listening app so you can stop feeling stuck in your job and start designing a career that works for you. Next Step Vet is produced by me, Steve O'Ely. Editing is thanks to Jeremy Grater. Show theme is Symbidium by WMD. And background music is created by Soundstripe. This was a production of Next Step Vet, the veterinary career podcast, helping you on your journey to a more enjoyable life.